Free what? Palestine. <laughs> okay. Three, Welcome back to the Last Set Podcast. And join with me today. We got a very special episode. We got my brother from another mother. We got Jamil. Hello. Okay, that's a very uh, <laughs> that's a very subtle start. Intro. And we got the one and only great and powerful Brandon Second. What's good, brother? Hey. Lots of things. Yeah. No, finally, we got this. We got we got both of you lads in here together. We are the power combo. We are the girl, world's greatest tag team, like Paul McCartney, <laughs> like Steve Tyler, and the other guy, you know, MC Rent, MC Hammer. We are the duo that you need to know. Yeah, it finally happened. Like it, we've had you individually. Yep. You know, Jamil, you're a regular guest on the show. We had a good few episodes together. Brandon, we came back on. And yeah. Believe it or Me not, you, you both are in my top 10 most downloaded li- uh, list for this Ooh. issue oh, so far. Oh, words of yeah. Cardi B, that's that heart shit. Yeah. I got like a lot of really great feedback from both of your episodes as wow. well. Uh, everyone was like, loved Jamil because of like how intense it got. Especially there was this one point, I don't forget, where I was like, did you really see a manic system? You were like, I've had a crazy life, Joe. You wouldn't believe some of the shit that I've seen. <laughs> Bro, me and Brandon have both lived crazy lives and our lives have intertwined between those crazy lives. We're not, I'm not joking. We've seen the world together. We've seen many things here. We've seen exorcisms. We've seen people, you know, go nuts. We've seen people rise and fall, Joe. We've seen it all, okay? And we, our lives have seen, been intertwined in between that of what we've seen together. So how did you go? Let's start the, the kick this off with. Uh, how did you guys meet? Like, how long have you actually known each other for? Story's gonna be great, Ben. Go ahead. Me. Oh, it, what? It's ten, fifty, maybe ten. Just over ten years. Yeah, just over ten. Be just over ten years. Um, uh, I don't remember the exact time. I mean, we both met at church, right? Yes. So the long and short of it is, we met at church. We were well, we we did Bible college together. Yes. Um, and then we were the guys in Bible college who would literally just do anything. So there's photos out there of Jamil dressed as Caesar and me dressed as a Roman guard. Really? Yep. Yeah. Wow. We, 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 we were terrible <laughs> in college. When we say Bible college, it just means like, uh, didn't have those like uni and TAFE. It's, it's basically the same thing. Except we were going there to study um, basically leadership qualities based off Christian <laughs> principles. And me and Bram, we were just a rowdy bunch in that class. We were like, you know, throwing water bombs at people's yeah. cars on the roofs. And we, all were both, uh, we, we, pra- we were both, 18? Yeah, we were both just pranksters during, yeah. the, the, during those years, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, there was a video of me. So I was wearing this um, like gladiator Roman outfit or whatever, because we, we would also be uh, heavily involved in youth group. So we, like Jamil had Jamilius Caesar. That was his. That is like, dope. I love that. There's a few. Yeah, there was there, there were a few. And then I, I was the guy that was in any kind of costume. So ninja, gorilla, the the gladiator, whatever it was. Um, and we would just do that. And then in between like recess and lunch, um, in between the lessons, I had already started jujitsu at that point. And um, I think you probably started around then as well, or just after that. After, just I, after. I started after I finished college. But we would wrestle at lunch almost every day. Wow. Um, and if it wasn't Jamil, I'd find someone else to wrestle because yeah. it was that bug, right? Like, yeah, this guy was like, oh, he, was, he was putting wall, um, <laughs> holes in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> the second day, <laughs> buildings. The second day, uh, we were. Um, I was I was wrestling with uh, Alvin. You were wrestling Alvin. Was it Alvin or Jordy? No, it was Alvin. And I threw him into the wall. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then there was another time where um, I think it was after the time I threw him into the wall, we were in this big auditorium and he came up and he did, I did something. I think he like slapped my butt or something and I turned around and like went to chase him and he kind of realized and it was, 
it, there's kind of like this moment where you kind of run around for fun. For him, it looked like he was sprinting for his life. <laughs> and there was this point where he's running towards the, these chairs and there's like a hard 90 degree turn. And instead of turning, he just jumped into the chairs and just decided to, <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, just yeah. wiped out all of these chairs. And it was kind of that moment where you like, you run, you stop and go, oh, he, he's had enough. And you walk yeah. away. <laughs> he, chose, he chose the pain of, <laughs> running into a chair as opposed to dealing with me, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, don't forget, I'll add this. Back in that content when we were 18, Brandon, he was, he's, he's still jacked now, but he was ripped. Okay. You don't <laughs> want to go. What's the difference between jacked and ripped? Okay. Jacked is when you're like pretty much like wide and stocky. Ripped yeah. is when you're, you know, you get the V taper going on. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? But Brandon was, was huge. He had this long ponytail. He wore the, sh- <laughs> he wore the, he had a ponytail. Uh, he had a ponytail. Oh we, we, we used to call him Gaston because he had the ponytail and a Gaston from being the beast. And he used to always wear this like blue varsity jacket all the time because we yeah. met free church just for a youth group. <laughs> We only did one year of barber college together, mm. but we became like real close friends. Yep. I think mostly after we finished our college years together. Okay. So we've known each other for a very long time. It's just a friendship that's g- g- um, grown over the years. But yeah. we met through just serving and interning uh, in a church environment, doing one year of studying together mm. and uh, basically just grew from there. Why was it only one year? Well, Brandon did one year. I did two years. Yeah. Oh, How many years are you allowed to do? It was two. It was two I and then you could go and do a degree as well. Yeah. So it was like... We both did a cert four in Christian ministry and leadership. Oh. And then after that was diploma. Pardon me. And then following that was, uh, you could go to a place called, I can't even remember the name, Alpha Cruises? No, it wasn't called Alpha Cruises. It was called Harvest West at the time. Oh, that's right. And you could go and do a degree in uh, ministry, a degree in leadership. And I think they were just opening a new one, a degree in like business or something. Yeah. Wow. It's a good pathway. Like, um, if you want to do a third, I did two years, Brandon did one, but if you want to do a three, three and fourth, it's a good pathway if you want to get stuff into like like chaplaincy, mm-hmm. youth work, uh, ministry, um, teaching. A lot of people do a, a third year just to get, get a pathway to get into teaching the private schools. So, um, yeah, it's very lucrative. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, one of the things I have to ask, because this was also requested by a whole bunch of people <laughs> oh, as really? well, like, fuck. Nice. Like this exorcism shit. Uh. Like, so I've told people, yeah, the guys are coming back on. I was like, dude, ask them about the story about the fucking exorcism. I've, <laughs> out of all the years, I've only done two years of podcasting. Out of all the podcasts that I've done, I've done over 140 episodes. I've never been asked any more questions from your two episodes <laughs> about anything other than the fucking exorcism and all that. <laughs> yeah. The exorcisms. Yeah. It's, it's quite, I said, we've lived a crazy life. We've seen exorcisms here in Perth. We've seen exorcism demons manifest in Japan? In, in Japan, we've seen that firsthand. Like really, um, but it's not like, as Brown was saying in previous part, it's not like how you'd see in movies with people like levitating. Yeah. That, like know? there was no projectile vomiting. No, no. no. There was no speaking in tongues. No, no. It wasn't well, like- a little bit of tongue stuff. Some stuff, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. Okay. You know, nothing from scary movies too, but yeah. you just see things that's a bit unexplainable, a bit sketchy. Um, especially during like, uh, during like an actual church service, mm. you'd see things going on. An example could be like a, uh, a young girl- um, and then, uh, like during the exorcism, there's a moment, or not even the exorcism, but during during where you're starting to pray for this person, this young girl, all of a sudden, she has the voice of a deep man. Wow! So like, there's a there's so that an actual part shift. True. Yeah. Like, couldn't she just be like, you know, someone's just said to me, couldn't she just been like, you know, schizophrenic? Yeah. I, Did, so I do that. <laughs> to that. Um, uh, there's okay, so there's there's so much to this, right? Um, I think anytime you talk about any kind of spiritual thing, um, what we as humans want to do 
is to put a natural explanation on it. Okay, there you go. So the whole thing of, um, oh, but she, could she just be schizophrenic? Yeah, totally. But um, in terms of, I guess, what a, a biblical or, or a spiritual interpretation is, well, is there maybe a crossover of the two? Okay. So schi- like schizophrenic, I want to be very careful here because yeah. there are people with schizophrenia. Yeah. That's a real um, mental issue. Okay. Um, it's a real disability and that absolutely um, hurts a lot of people. But um, I also would have the question of um, could there also be a spiritual explanation in that as well? Ooh. So mm. could that be, if we're talking about demons and spirits, could there be a spirit thing there? Okay. It's just a question. Yeah. So the, the people wanted to ask me like, is this something that they educate you on whilst you're doing your Bible study? Or is this like a completely separate course? Because I mean, in the world of like, you know, um, in your Bible study and all that, you know, there's different, un- you would have like different units and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Was it like an individual unit? Like it was like PE, like <laughs> exorcism 101, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Was it was like a textbook exorcism or did you have to like go do traveling for a year and then go do yeah. a whole bunch of them and then come back? Or? Yeah. It's funny. Like in the, um, in the Catholic scene, you gotta do like a full travel, full travel like um, study on that kind of stuff. But you gotta get high up, you know. It's like the story of uh, you know like um, Lorraine and Warren, you know from um, yeah yeah the like conjuring. They, the conjuring. They did that stuff where they had to get like you know to higher church position. But really, it's not it's not that complicated when it comes to that kind of stuff. Oh, it is, but when we study it or go, we just cover like the base surface. Okay, because it's not something that you can literally you know, go online, Google. Mm. It's one of those things that when you experience it, then you get the experience of, all right, this is what happened last time. This is what you see these patterns. And like Brown's saying, it doesn't have to be too crazy, but you know how he says that, can we intertwine? Is there a spiritual connection in there? So let's say, for instance, this would happen a lot. Um, let's say it's a church service going on and we do what's called an altar call where they say, all right, guys, who wants to give their lives to Jesus? Or, you know, who wants to just declare Jesus is our Lord and Savior, blah, 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 or say a prayer. Suddenly, the guy in the back of the room that we were a bit sketchy about going, oh, this guy's a bit, um, you know, what's going on here? What's going on here? Is it mm-hmm. like, you know, he's a bit sketchy, suddenly gets up and leaves the auditorium or leaves the room or starts mm-hmm. shouting randomly. Maybe it could be mental, you know, mm. issue there. But why does the, the word Jesus or Christianity or anything spiritual have to trigger this episode in this person? Mm. So you, we'd see that a lot as well. Like I said, a lot of times, nine times out of 10, when we see these crazy things, most of them can be, explain naturally like most of the time it is something mental going on with the person but as i was saying before like why does it have to be a, uh, the trigger have to be something that has to do with christianity or something like spiritual or the word you know jesus yep. in general oh. and that's where we think oh, what's what's the connection there why can if i was if i were had to say you know let's talk about muhammad or buddha you know why isn't people going crazy mm. about that but the minute we talk about you know um, specific the name Jesus in Christianity, then that's when we would would see people start like you know acting up and going crazy or mm. having wild bits and episodes. Yeah, when they did it as well, like um, someone was uh, one one of my friends was asking me the question like, when you go through like these forms of exorcisms, do you, do they ever educate you like on the type that you have to go through? Like I, what I mean by that is like for example, because I'm just going off the knowledge I see from reading books and from watching TV shows, like it's not the devil, it's like a demon. Mm. And then you have to like identify it and there's mm. like a specific route you have to go through to like extract it. Like um is it that the case or is it like a one size fits all? Well um 
it's not one size fits all because like if we want to go really deeper let's say let's say it's a demon of a name or blah 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 um if we go deep in the bible like this the world we live in you know it's uh it's obviously not a perfect world and the reason why it's not perfect is because the concept of sin the sin entered the world and that sin was the consequence of man having free choice but obviously you know as we believe as christians you know obviously there's sin in the world but you know jesus still reigns supreme still reigns control but he still allows all these spirits, bad demons, things to happen because we have that free choice to do. How can we act upon these crazy things? I'll tell you who's the really person to talk about the stuff. It's not actually us, but Brandon's second sister. Taryn. Really? Taryn, yeah. There's been times when um, Brandon's been in a room or people have been in a room. And, so, oh, this, you know how, and even non-Christians or non-spiritual people will, will say this. They go in the room and say, oh, something's weird about this room. Yeah, so really? Call, something's we really, call it discernment. Yeah, something's really cold in this room. Something feels off about this room. I go in this room, I sleep in here at night, I just don't feel comfortable. Taryn, Brandon's sister, she would go in that room and just literally yeah. without go, in the name of Jesus, whatever's in this room, whatever's going on, just get out. Get out really? here right she now. Do and it'll warm up. And the room will just feel a lot more different. Brandon's uh, sister is really, really good at that kind of stuff. What's the word called again? Discernment. So um, it, it, it's not just a Christian word. It's it's an English word that is... Cool. Can you just spell it out for me? Sorry, uh, real quick. D-I-S-C. D-I-S-C. E-R-N. Yep. M-E-N-T. Discernment. Discernment. Okay, keep going. Yep. So it's it's basically being able to understand something that you shouldn't be able to understand. So it's like, I've got an idea or a feeling about this. So we call it spiritual discernment. So oh. being able to discern what kind of spirit a person has. So if you're talking to someone. Okay, sorry. Just the fundamental definition of a Christian discernment is a decision-making process in which an individual makes a discovery that can lead to a future action. In the process mm. of a Christian spiritual discernment, God guides the individual to help them arrive at the best decision. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's decision-making, but there's also an understanding. So uh, an example of Taryn, um, her and I worked at, I think I mentioned the school last time, the school for Arab excuse. Yep. And so in that, the reason I mentioned the thing about mental health before is because that school dealt with a lot of kids that had mental health um, complications and issues. And so her and I would have very similar conversations and her her and I were in a very similar uh, role where we're dealing with kids who had um, uh, mental health issues, also behavioral issues, and a lot of them were um, in and out of prison, crime. And that was as a result of growing up in that environment. So they're kind of just following, I guess, like a, a legacy left by their parents, right? The parents are in all of that, and then you can't help but be in that same environment and do the same things. And so her and I would have conversations with these these kids, and that would bring out th- this kind of, maybe not a spiritual thing, but it definitely gets a reaction. When you start mm-hmm. talking to them about Jesus, you, you get that kind of, um, it's almost aggression, right? Or resentment or oh. anger. Mm. It's kind of like heat. Like they, they don't like that you're talking about that. Oh, okay. That then brings different kind of conversations. Anyway, going back to the whole discernment piece. Yeah. Um, Does she still do that, by the way? That kind of stuff? So I don't think that's even like a, a thing that she picked up. I think that's always been her. So like oh. when, we were, when we were kids, not necessarily just like a Christian thing, but um, she would be able to understand who a person is and what they're about real quick. Oh. Yeah. And so now she works, I think she works in, oh no, she's a pastor now. Yeah. So that fits oh, nice. her. She's nice. a child pastor. Respect. Uh, kids pastor looking after the um, kids ministry at her church. But um, even before then, um, she was really, really good at a job working with these at-risk youth because she 
it's things like I know when people are lying. I know when people are um, saying they're going to do one thing and do the other. I know when people are um, hiding things, that kind of thing. So she's the kind of person you talk to and you, you know that she's kind of reading other things that maybe you're trying to hide or other people wouldn't pick up. Wow. I just call it intuition. Yeah. Intuition. And it doesn't even have to be Christian. You know how you see, you can go on your Instagram. Lots of people like that. And you get people like, oh yeah, I read bad energies. Oh, the crystals are really wrong here. It's the exact same thing. You know what I mean? You know how, especially girls, girls are somehow really, really good at it. They're like, oh, this person's got bad energy. Oh, I can see your aura. It's the same thing when you go down to the markets. It's yeah. the same. It's not the same discernment, but similar how, you know, you don't have to be a Christian or a spiritual person to, to you know, be in a situation, be in a room, or be in front of a person, be like, something's off here. There's yeah. something not right about this person. I think I think I've spoken to someone about this before. I think they call it, um, you know, how there's forms of intelligence. You know, you got yeah. emotional intelligence. They like it's another form of intelligence. They call it like spiritual intelligence. Yeah. Mm. In a way, if I had a conversation with someone, and then the way that they spoke, the way that they act, I'm like, oh, something's lurking in there. That's the way that they are. Yeah. And it's a subconscious processing thing. It's something they subconsciously come to as well. Yeah. So they're like, it's it's the way how their brain is formulated as well. That's another that's another thing as well. Like, uh, do you ever just? I mean, I think we all sort of get it as well, but some pick it up a lot more better than others. Like, do you yeah. ever like have a conversation with someone? I'm like, there's something going on. In like, yeah, some people are really really good at it. Yeah, like they're naturally gifted with that ability just to pick things up like that. Yeah. Well, me, I'm like totally oblivious. I'm like, oh, what's up, dude? Because <laughs> I'm so, you know, uh, carefree. I'm like, oh, what's up? But Brandon and his sister, on the other hand, they're like, they can see through like BS and instant. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had like a moment, like since we're on that conversation, have you ever had like a moment where someone actually wanted me to ask you this as well, but have you ever had a moment where you felt like you were in the presence of the devil? Like the something devil that or was a so. Demon. Sorry? The devil or a demon? Either, like, where you're in the presence of something, like, really fucking dark's going on in there. Have you got any stories? I got I a few. I think you got, you go. You I go. got one. Oh, that, you that do? felt like one, yeah. I want to hear yours. You uh, okay, so my story, I, for the reference, listen, <laughs> I would like to have these conversations because I'm an incredibly open-minded person, so don't think I'm, like, trying to be putting a little, pronounce anything, because I, I was raised Catholic. Yeah. I went to Catholic schools my entire life. Yeah. But I... Never really identify with any kind of religion. I just love to learn about it. That's yeah, all. cool. So my story was I was at a party in um fucking, uh, what is it? Oh, I remember I was in a party at Levers. <laughs> yeah, nice. And it was 2016. And then, um, what is it? Uh, there was this one, I went to this one person's house and we were having a, having a good time and all that. And then I remember I sat down with this one dude and he just, as soon as he sat down, I felt like almost immediately frightened of him. And that, oh. that was a hard thing for me to do because I was the kind of person, and that was a hard, I was never a judgmental person, like straight off the bat. This guy just sat down and I felt like, I don't believe in energies, but as soon as he sat down next to me, his energy was just like, almost like it was sucking me in. Mm. Like it was really dark. And immediately I just kind of felt a little bit depressed. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm. You know, I didn't even know who that guy was. And then I was speaking to him and we were just talking about the future. I was like, oh, what are you going to do? He's like, oh, I'm going to go do, you know, I'm going to go work. I'm going to go, I want to be a personal trainer. You know, I'm going to go to UWA. I want to do sports science exercise and help, blah, 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 blah. And I was talking to him and he goes, what do you want to do? And he goes, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. And I was like, okay, cool. Right. And then we were trying, I was just trying to, I just felt something really off about them and all that. And then later on, um, that someone told me to stay. I, I was just, I moved away. I went into speaking to some other people and I was like, oh yeah, you're talking to, I'm not going to say his name. Just say Bob. Yeah. yeah. That was Bob. Yeah. 
because the names have been protected. Your names changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> but um, he ended up. What is it? Um, oh, what is it? There was something that happened, and he was in. And, and like, oh yeah, stay away. From, he's a bit weird that Bob. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, he came from a really strange family. He came over from New Zealand. Apparently, his dad was like part of a gang or something like that. And I was like, oh okay. <laughs> and then um, what happened was uh, later on down the line, uh, like two three years later, I came across that same person who told me to talk to stay away from Bob to watch out for Bob. And then I was like, did you ever, uh, we may on leavers, yeah. And you told me to stay away from that guy. He's like, oh, yeah, didn't, you didn't hear? He goes, no, he killed his whole family. Uh, wow. He killed his whole family. One night was on meth, killed his whole family. Crazy. And I was like, are you fucking serious? He's like, because I told him about that situation when I felt like I was in the presence of something evil lurking there. Like, mm. it was like my body was... Like it was like deja vu. It was like my body was trying to tell yeah. me something about this guy. Yeah, that's absolutely. my story, really. You know, have you ever had something like that? Yeah, Brandon. Me? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> similar to you, I grew up Catholic. Um, but I think as soon as I was old enough, um, I think I kind of mentioned like a little bit of my background. Like I grew up diagnosed with ADHD young, mm-hmm. and I think the way I handle it was not great. Okay. Um, I like, I started getting bullied and stuff at school because of it. Um, and it wasn't too bad, but I think I just, I took it way worse than maybe it was anyway. Um, uh, like pain and trauma is what it is to that person. Right. So in that moment that was hard for me to deal with. And so, um, because of that, I kind of grew up with this disdain and resentment for people. And then being a Catholic, you're told that there's this God that created everything and so if he created everything, he created the pain I'm going through. So I don't like him now either. And so I grew up Catholic as soon as I was old enough um, to kind of understand, which was about maybe like 13, 14. I ended up hanging out with like, uh, man, 13, 14. How long ago was that? Long time ago, but you used to uh, hang out with all the emo kids. Yeah, yeah. Really? Well, like in, 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 uh, in the city, um, there was like this big goth kind of collective that nice. we all hung out with and- all of those guys were into like Satanism and stuff. And so I just went into that. Wow. I was just like, oh, cool. Okay. Well, like if they're into it and um, the whole idea, uh, the, the, the chief kind of aim or commandment is similar to what old mate Bob said, which is do what you want. Yeah. It's literally the first commandment is do what thou wilt because that's the ultimate thing, right? Yeah. So when, when God created, <laughs> oh, maybe. when God created man, he gave us free will. Yeah. And the ultimate downfall of man was doing what he wanted, which was to bite the apple. Uh So all the devil wants you to do is do whatever you want and Uh not what God wants you to do. I've always been told the idea of fate and free will come hand in hand. Mm -hmm. It's like um, someone, sorry? I didn't say say, Yeah, so it's like the idea, like if a child was like crawling across this table, right? Mm. Eventually, it's going to crawl off the table and it's going to fall, mm. but yet it chooses to do so. Mm. So that's where the idea of fate and free will sort of come hand in hand. Yeah. But w- did you guys ever, like, grow up or in your time studying, did you ever, like, argue the idea of free will? Do you ever believe that as humans we do have free will or do you believe that things are actually determined for us? 100%. That, that will be the conversations I've had talks during lunchtimes. Yeah. Even, because, you know, no one can, like, to this day, you can't prove... Free will and fate, like no one, no. even someone like drawing pieces, he can like explain it, but like 
at the end of the day, it can't be proven. Like, is something did that happen because of free will? Did that happen because of fate? Yeah. You know, what's the reasoning behind whatever misfortune or whatever fortune happens to a person? You know, that's just yeah, th- that's the, that's life. And then you add the whole God component to that, right? So if He's all powerful, He's all present, and He's all knowing, and a lot of people use this as like a um, a justification for why there might not be a God, because they they say if He's all powerful and He's all knowing and He's everywhere, why does He allow bad things to happen? If then the argument is because he gave us free will, so ultimately he gave us free reign of what happens, and the pain and suffering we're going through is of our own design and choice. Ah. So ultimately there's this loving, benevolent God, all good God, who created everything and then said, but in, in order for me to live, uh, in order for me to live by my rules, which is to give you free will, I can't like interact. I can't intervene mm. unless, but and the Bible says, <laughs> unless you pray, unless you ask, okay, then you give him the ability to enter. And ultimately what the Bible's trying to say is life is better with God. So when you pray and allow him into your life and you're obedient, life seems to get better. But if not, God's also given you free will and he's not going to be upset that you've done things that you wanted to do because that was his design. So it, it is, like Jamil said, this massive paradox. I that, love that. That we will never understand yeah. because if God is all of those things outside of us, it, that's exactly right. He's outside of us. So all of the things he's done is outside of our understanding. Yeah, so I love that understand. idea because as human beings, I've always been told we're, we're obsessed with knowing, mm-hmm. knowing shit. As a human <laughs> race, we're obsessed with measuring shit. We never ever like were told that we had to create the concept of time. It's like where the concept of time actually came from yeah. Yeah. and hours in a day and, you know, years in a month, sorry, months in a year. It, mm. We were never told to do these kind of things. It's just as human beings, we were obsessed with measuring because these kind of things give us comfort. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then adding with that, you know, the concept of like God or spirituality, you know, as Brandon was saying, God is beyond our thinking. The, the concept of God, the being of God, he is beyond time. That's a crazy thing about, like you know, for us, twenty four hours in a day, seven days in a week. To God, that is nothing. Mm-hmm. And to get your head around that, and to know, you know, to fully unpack it, you know, it's impossible. Because yeah. if we were to fully understand God, if someone would say, "All right, this God here, whatever Christianity, whatever religious side you want to go through, Hinduism, Muslim," if we were to fully understand it and say, "All right, I can explain God to the T," that would mean that that God is not a God worthy to be worshipped, or that He is not the dead. If you can. Explain God, hundred percent. Then he can't be God because a God has to be on your understanding, and that will—that's what makes him up that level t- to be, mm. you know, revered or worshipped yeah, to be a God. You know yeah, because I mean? we worship things we don't understand. Yeah. And if we do understand it, then it's, it's not—it's not of worth to say, "All right, that's a God." We get bored once we understand things. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought of that. Do you get, do, do you get what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you know, it's like, all right, we're going to worship this thing here. So why should we worship it? Because it is be, literally, be, that is the definition of what God is. It is beyond the understanding of what we know. If it, if we can understand it, then, you know, then it's not, then it's not a God. Yeah. You yeah. know, to be so up there, to be so up there for it to be like, you know, I'm going to base my life around these principles and all that whatnot. Mm. Well, that's actually quite interesting because if you actually, I mean, when I thought about that on a deeper level, that actually applies to almost everything that we do because we chase <laughs> things that we don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, we all do jiu-jitsu yep. and all that, you know. Um, we The reason why we enjoy it so much because it's every time we try, 
like dive into it, we realize this is another move I don't know. This is another escape I don't know. This is another takedown I don't know. Yeah. This is someone I haven't rolled with. And that's what keeps our interest stimulated. Yeah. And yeah, because so yeah. Yeah, uh, the crazy thing is like, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, the beginning of the universe, Big Bang, you know, what was there? What was first? Well, the thing this way, like I said, the concept of God is beyond time. Like God, if God created him, if something created that God, then that's not a God. This is the concept of God in time. God, that's hard to wrap your head around. God has always been there. Yeah, he was not created. He wasn't created with a Big Bang. And if he was created, you know, or manufactured, then he can't be a god. And that's why he's a. It's a god because he he was always there beyond the realms of our understanding of what time is. This didn't did you kind of get what I mean, Joe? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of grab ripping yeah. around. It. Yeah, it's hard to explain. You know, as I like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, get this, God was always there. It's like, what? <laughs> that opens a whole new door. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, that's why he's God, you know? Hey. Yeah. And well, here's the other thing I was going to say, because you guys have been traveling for like, you guys told me you guys, sorry, I remember Brandon, you told me you guys have been traveling around for a full year. You went backpacking together. Is that correct? No, that was yeah, a, that was a different else. guy. I went to, Backpacking oh. for gear, but me and Brown, we we were missionaries in Japan together for a few that's, weeks. That's what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. So not that long ago, I watched a movie called Silence. Oh yeah. Have you seen it? No. No. Oh man, it's such an interesting movie. So it's a movie starring um, Andrew Garfield, Ooh, Adam Driver. Oh nice. Oh, nice. And Damn. Liam Neeson. Oh. So. Book me I, a ticket, baby. I never knew that in Japan, like Christianity was like outlawed. I never knew that. And I watched this movie and I was absolutely blown away. Like the things that these people would do to Christians yep. or people who were converted, like we're talking, they would drown them yep. and in like these hay, hay bales, yep. they would like pour boiling water on them down their throats. And, yeah. and they yeah. would like, all you have to do is just renounce, renounce Jesus. And all to do that, they would have to step like muddily, like make a muddy foot and step on a picture of Jesus on the cross. Wow. And that's all they had to do to renounce it. But these people were so devoted, right? They were so devoted to their faith. They were willing to die. They were willing to become martyrs. Yeah. So the, the basis of this movie is um, the Christian church, so the Catholic church, sent a missionary to um, to Japan, Liam Neeson. That's Liam Neeson's <laughs> character. Nice. And then he goes there and he tries to convert people to Christianity. Mm. And then he himself steers away from Christianity and then he starts writing books on why Jesus and God doesn't exist. And then what happens is Adam Driver and Andrew Garfield's character, I really don't want to spoil too much, but they <laughs> go over there and then they witness the horrors mm. of what happens to these people in Japan. And they have to pray in silence, they have to move them around and yada yada. But if you haven't seen it, go home and watch it because it actually creates like really intense arguments that nice. people actually do have in today's mm. society mm. about the concept of God and Catholicism. Yeah. So where I'm going with this was in my in in that time in Japan, did you ever encounter like that kind of resistance to a point where it almost became violent? Not, not really. No, yeah. Most of the time, when, when we say we were missionaries in Japan, when people think of the word missionaries, they think they're going to like Africa, feeding starving children like water and food <laughs> and all that whatnot. But different contexts, because Japan's not a third world country. It's a very well-developed country. So when we say we went there as missionaries, most of the time we go there literally just to make friends with Japanese people and just be friendly with them and just give them hope about, you know, about, about life and living. I think there are two, two things there. So... Um, Obviously, silence is set um, like, like a, a while ago, right? Like feudal Japan. Like yeah. we're talking like um, 
I don't have, I can't remember the exact year. Oh, I've seen a good couple hundred yeah, years. Yeah, hundred years. I've seen the trailer. It's coming to me now. Yep. But go, yeah. Brandon. So, um, the Japanese were actually really successful in um, kind of pushing Jesus and Catholicism and Christianity out. Um, and so, when you go over there now, a lot of people don't know who Jesus is. They don't know a lot about Christianity, Catholicism. We had the question, what is a Jesus? Literally, yeah. they're like, I didn't know Jesus, and they're like, "What Jesus? What is uh, Jesus?" They think it's like an a, like a thing, and so what we were doing over there as missionaries is less about, um, uh, like Jamil said, trying to build schools and orphanages and giving people food. It was more about being a witness. So we were over there, and often we would be the crazy gaijin, which is the crazy white people. Um, <laughs> That's what gaijin means. In, it um, means foreigner in Japanese. Yeah. Oh, ga- gaijin. Yeah, gaijin. Yeah. Gaijin. Okay. Um, on the street, literally just singing, like sing, singing songs about. You Jesus. would just be singing songs in the street. So we were basically just hippies, pretty much. That's yeah. that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So basically, when it comes to missionary work in Japan, you're basically hippies just singing like you know cool songs. Yeah. You know, um, just interacting with people walking by, doing parkour, just yeah. trying to bring people over. Yeah. So you can have conversations with them. And we'd go to universities and have conversations with university students. I think the big thing there. Um, it's such a honor-bound society and such a quiet society, but so many of them are in a lot of pain. So um, suicide rate is one of the highest in the world. Wow. Yeah, um, that, that I agree. so much pressure. Someone told me that it's because Japan was one of the very few countries around the world to not – to almost pretty much glorify suicide in a yeah. way because of the Japanese culture, samurai culture, yeah. all that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the um, I want, someone also wanted me to ask you, like, or they they told me about the suicide forest. Did you know about that? Yeah, we never went to it. We never went to it, but really? like in mainland Japan, outside that forest, in the normal cities, if a train is ever late, yeah, it usually means someone's jumped someone's in jumped front of the train, and that happens like weekly. Really? You, we go, were, what? you go there, and they've got these big like glass and perspex windows so you can't jump onto the tracks yeah. anymore. <gasps> and barricades and everything like even one of our friends uh monty yeah like he witnessed his first like suicide like someone jumped he was on his way to work and yeah. someone jumped in front of the train really? in front of him yeah wow. yeah because like i said cause japan's a very on a, on a bounce side but it's very closed and yeah. like introverted society yeah. like for instance a, a young a japanese family it's like you know hey in australia most countries Kid comes home to school, dad's like, oh, how's your day, son? Give me a big hug. There's an embrace there. In Japan, those kind of like touch embraces is almost non-existent in that in Japanese really? culture. For like for an old Japanese man to say, son, I'm very, very proud of you. You did well. I love you so much. That does not happen in Japan. Or to show emotion. Yeah. Why though? Emotion. Or affection even. Um because and and this is again to any people out there that are um born in and around the Japanese culture. This is just two gaijin speaking. So, yeah, yeah, three. Um, you got three. three, three. <laughs> yeah. So I want to so, experts this, but this is what definitely. commonly that we've seen. Yeah. I, I think the reason why it's, again, just tradition. It's just oh. what they've brought, been brought up in. That kind of makes sense because like, you, you're in a heavily populated place, but yet you create, you create so much isolation. Yeah, and there's a big demand in that culture. You know, in Japanese culture, if you're a young guy, the demand is you go to school, go to uni, get a good job. Yep. That is your life. Yep. If you go, like most of the suicides are young people, but because they failed university or they failed high school and they can't get into university, they go kill themselves. Yep. Or a businessman, he finally gets the business, loses everything, loses his business. Kills himself. Like there's such a high demand 
an honor system, like you know, a face value. If you lose face or if you lose your reputation, that is that's over for you. So yeah, it's a very um, closed, um, depressed society I think in there. It's just a, an observation from West and East in Eastern culture in Japanese culture. Um, they will commit suicide, um, kill themselves to um, not exist anymore. So to hide away. Oh. In Western culture, we do it to be seen. Yes. Oh, my. 100%. You just blew my mind yeah. thinking about that. Like, because people, you, you, right now, nowadays, I would say mental health is at an all, uh, mental health problems is at an all time high. But there has never been more support for mental health now than ever. Yeah. Like, how often do you see on Instagram someone posting about yeah, mental health all the or time. support? All the we time. have a month for it, we have businesses for it. Yeah. yeah. But you don't kind of see that kind of stuff in Japan, do no. you? No. Well, we, we haven't been there yeah. in a many years, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe in Japan. Is yeah, okay. Because the way you actually made me think about that, because I'm, you know, like, oh, why are they, why do they become depressed? Or is it, is it a cry for help? But and you flip that on your head to just mm. not be seen. Maybe in Western culture it is, but yeah. in Eastern not so much. Yeah. At least there. And again, this is what, 10 years ago we were there. Things may have changed. Yeah, yeah. We're just observing on. We're just commenting on our observations. What we saw at the time. Yeah. yeah. And, and even now, like, if there are people out there who have um, depression, anxiety, they're dealing with suicidal thoughts. Please go get help. Yeah. Um, it is very important that you do that. Um, and we are absolutely not absolutely not saying that you're just doing anything to get attention. Of course not. Of Definitely. course not. Yeah. But at, at the core of it all, Western society, we want to stand out. So the cultural differences, um, they want to be in terms of Japan, they want to be part of the community. They want to um, actively contribute. Whereas for us, we want to stand out. We want significance. We mm. want legacy. We want to leave something behind so that people will go, that person was better than these people. Yeah. Whereas um, the other side of the world, it's more about this person was um, meaningfully contributing to the society around them. Mm. So it's just different pressures. Wow. Yeah. Are out. And what, 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 what that must have <laughs> been like a, that's like a massive cultural shock for a lot yeah. of people. Spe- speaking of the, the culture of Japan, like the Japanese, they, they hate confrontation. Why? It's just like, it's, it's all comes down to culture. For instance, if you're a businessman in Japan, <clears> I don't know what it is like now, but back then we were told, don't know how you're here, you work at a job, and if you're really, really bad at that job, they fire you. Mm-hmm. In Japan, they don't do that in the higher ups. Instead, what they will actually do is that, let's say they don't like this person at work, instead of firing them, they will actually bully them. <gasps> bully them until they quit or kill themselves to get rid of them. Because they don't want to call that, instead of calling them those, all right, we've had a few problems with HR, this, 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 this we're going to let you go. Japanese people, they don't like, the old school ones, they don't really do that. They don't like that, that kind of conversation. So instead, they will indiscreetly just bully them until they themselves, the guy they're bullying quits or kills themselves. No way. And that happens quite a lot in the business scene in Japan. Wow. What I was told from people that were living there for a long time, that, 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 that's what happens. Wow. What, what was your thought process when you went through that whole situation then after learning that? Like, it's the exact, exact same thought process that you're, you're going through. Yeah, that's right? like a mind fuck oh, right whoa. there, you know. I've all, well, this is the thing. I've always been super interested in like different cultures. Like yeah. I honestly mm-hmm. believe if you really want to have a better perspective of the world, you need to see the world. 
And one of the things I've always wanted to do is I actually always wanted to go to Russia. Obviously, I can't mm. do that now with the Ukraine going on right now. But the reason why I wanted to experience Russian culture so much is because I wanted that cultural shock, um, shock and their perspective, the way they see the world is very, um, it's very blunt. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's it generally, and their, uh, cult, their Russian culture generally rubs Westerners the wrong way. Like, if someone's been a dick in Russia, they'll say you're being a dick. Yeah. And... If there's something stupid, they'll say it's stupid. If something tastes disgusting or the weather sucks, they'll say it. Yeah. And they like freely speak their mind free, very freely. And it is communication. It's the most honest expression. And someone such as myself, I relate to that so much because I've been told I do that too many more often than I should. <laughs> and I'm just like saying, I'm just trying, I'm being honest here. I don't, I don't have to say, and also don't like it when I have to say, oh, I'm just being honest. I'm like, I'm not just being honest. I'm actually being myself here and all that. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I always wanted to go to Russia to sort of experience those kind of things. And in a, in a way also thicken the skin. You know? Yeah. Are you, um, are you like hundred percent Australian or are your parents from somewhere else? No. So my background is I was born in England, yeah. came out here when I was nine. Um, I came from, a, I would say, working class background and all that. Like, my family, we were never rich or anything, but we always had enough to get by. Mm. So I would say I was born into a bit of a place of privilege. But for me personally, how I was always told in my family, like, um, if you want something, you have to work for it. There is nobody in my family or or even myself that we I would say we were genetically gifted at anything. Mm. So in a way to relate to the Japanese culture, it's all about work. Yeah. And that's what I've tend to, tend to uh, usually go around. But I've, I've always been sp always always been told out of my whole family, I am the most outspoken. You know? Nice. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Brandon. Uh, uh, in interesting um, uh, little like caveat or observation there. So in terms of the working class, so I actually read this really cool thesis. I can't remember the author, but it was about um, Australian culture. Okay. And um, we're working class culture, but whereas in Japan, um, we reward people who work hard and get something. Yeah. We have the tall poppy syndrome here. That is correct. So if someone yeah. does something and succeeds, well, we don't like that they succeeded because I didn't as well. Exactly. So cutting down, so I feel better about myself. Yeah. And where that comes from, ultimately is how we came over to Australia. We came over against our will yeah. and we had to work for people we didn't like. And then when we did get our freedom, we still had to obey the authority. And that's why Australians are awful when you put them in places under a person. I honestly, I 100% I agree with that because I've been actually been talking about that concept of tall poppy syndrome as well. Others like, I just think in general, if somebody did something good, right, and then they told you to do something good, you're an absolute dick. And it <laughs> if, you, if you say to them, oh, yeah. you try to bring them down to your level. Yep. And I actually learned that when I started this podcast. Like mm. when I said me and my mate are going to start a podcast, everyone, I, I ate a big bag of shit and I'll never yep. forget it. And awesome. I was just like, oh, you'll never make money off it. No one's ever listened to you. You guys don't know what yeah. you're talking about. And I was like, dude, we're doing something. Can't we just be happy for it? It's yeah. Fun, you know? <laughs> have you actually experienced something like that before? You must have. Yeah. Well, I think everyone does in some yeah. way. Like mm. um, as soon as you share some bit of good news, you know what I've noticed? So like my day-to-day -day thing, my day-to-day -day job is running a recruitment agency, right? Um, recruitment and coaching. So we spend most of our time on LinkedIn. LinkedIn <laughs> has become, um, better not have COVID. <laughs> 
No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually serious. I've been sick this past oh, week. Oh, I've, no. I've been really sick these last few weeks. I had a COVID test on Wednesday and it was negative and all that. I thought okay. I finally got it. I still haven't got COVID. Wow. Nice. I've had nasty stomach bugs. God's favorite. Coughing <laughs> in my sleep. I've been vomiting so hard. Blood's coming out. You oh, know. Damn. I, I'm good now. Like Maybe two, you did three get it, but two. it just didn't show up. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe gravy. God's favorite. Yeah, touch wood. Um, what was I saying? Um, you work with link, LinkedIn. You work. Yeah. With, you work oh yeah. Agency. Okay. So, um, LinkedIn is so good at bringing people down. Like someone will share, oh, I've started this new job. I literally saw something the other day. Someone said, oh, I've shared, like I've started a new, new job, and a guy commented, um, literally the tenth person I've seen today. No one cares. <sighs> yeah. 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 Why? Because that guy's probably upset that he hasn't moved. Yeah. Man. But. Instead of going congratulations and swallowing some shit yourself, you go, nah, screw it. I'm going to throw it on them. Yeah. Well, my argument to that is I've always been one of those people who's, who just believes if you're getting jealous of someone for their achievements, it's because either one of three things, one, you're not doing enough. Yeah. Two, you're not doing something that you find meaningful or three, you have some deep hate, like some general hatred for people doing what better than you and all that. Like something, something's lurking there. Mm. Yeah. Um, and up all the way, the reason why I've been able to be pretty congratulatory of my friends and just people around me is because I know the value of work itself. So I know the value Mm. of getting there. Like, um, we're all jujitsu, right? Yeah. yeah. Like when, Jamal, when you got your black belt, yeah. like I knew that I felt happy because even though I've only been doing jujitsu for two years, I now know a fraction of how hard it is to be there. So you don't know what it's like to have that kind of experience. Yeah. Yeah. So from an outsider's perspective, that's why it's so easy to judge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. 100%. 100%. Even to this day, the, I get people like, you know, I know that in this film, they think, oh, yeah, this Jamil, he doesn't deserve his black belt. He shouldn't have got that black belt <laughs> all the time. But, you know, I'm out here, you know, drinking champagne, 35 year old run with Brandon Second of the fourth highest tower, living the dream right now, man, <laughs> with a $5,000 income, you know. So I'm going like, you can say what you want. I'm still having the time of my life oh, right now, baby. You know, so, um, yeah, so you, you get those comments a lot, you know what I mean? But you just got to move forward. And most of the time, um, you can gauge, like, if someone has, like, bad negative comments, you can gauge where, where it's coming from. Sometimes, you know, it is negative, but sometimes it's them trying to, um, for instance, me and Brandon, we don't see each other all the time a lot these days because we're both busy guys. He's got his full-time job, family. I've got my stuff that I do. So when we do catch up, like, it, for instance, last week, <laughs> most times our conversations it's actually our conversations are us just trying to one up each other. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing this and this. <laughs> no, I'm doing this, this. But it comes from the roots that we're trying to spur each other on, yeah. not bring each other down. And yeah. usually, like, you know, we said before the same, you can kind of gauge on who's doing what. Are they trying to spur you on and encourage you and, yeah. you know, get you fired up? Or they're trying to, like, no, 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 I'm doing this, you know, guess what? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? And that's our, well, our conversations that like me and Brand these days when we do catch up. It's, la- it's actually like that. That's literally what we did last yeah. week. It was so good. Yeah. Was so we left that meeting up in that, you know, residential suite going, yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> we, went, we, went, we went in there like Joey Diaz, man. Like, we should need two big motherfuckers in the world, baby. Yeah. You don't need 10 friends. You don't need 10 cake thousand folds. You just need two strong motherfuckers in the room. You can take over the whole yeah. scene, baby. It's true, though, but that's what I've been actually been talking told like um one thing that was actually uh i've learned right people who are deep thinkers and people who are in you know some of the incredibly incredibly educated they tend to have a, a lot less um friends than people who are obviously you know yeah. l- maybe just a little bit less uh educated but 
also a hell of a lot more of a um, lesser understanding of things and they can easily morph themselves. Whereas they, the people who are deep thinkers, they focus a lot on themselves and all that. Yeah. There was also one thing I wanted to bring up, like um, since we were on the topic of like tall poppy syndrome mm. and there was one thing, at, there was one thing um, I actually learned recently from someone who's studying psychology was the concept of narcissism oh, and yeah. how that may be complained to like, poppy syndrome and all that as well um and what i mean by that is I actually learned something very interesting you know those girls who are all into crystals yep. and yeah. daily affirmations well, well, yep. yeah exactly <laughs> those people are more likely to be the most narcissistic people you meet yeah 100 percent. I, I did not know that yeah because yeah. for them their world is literally black and white yeah their world yeah. you know it's like gray the other thing is um uh, someone told a uh, uh, woman who's studying psychology as well taught me about concept of identifying narcissists is they cannot shut up about themselves and they will love to talk about themselves and they will talk about themselves to make you feel like shit like of a lesser person mm. make them feel good and he's like here's what i want you to do right if you meet a very very comfortable person pay attention to the way they talk about themselves and they judge themselves like um if you think you're in the presence of a narcissistic person, if that person literally can't go longer than one minute, like you count down from 60 and they cannot talk about a single achievement about themselves and they have to direct the conversation to something that they're doing, you're in the presence of someone who's got quite high narcissistic tendencies. Mm. <laughs> hey, nice. Have, yeah. you, um, have you heard of the dark triad test? No, what is this dark triad? like that. Okay. It's, sorry, it's, it just you're talking about the narcissism piece. Okay. Um, dark triad basically says that, and you can have a mix of them, but like we have personality tests. Yeah. If you don't like the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram and all that sort of stuff. I know a little bit about it, yeah. yeah. Go on. So um, this is the opposite side. So instead of it talking about your strengths and all the good things about your personality, it'll say that there are three main components or main uh, negative traits that you could have. Um, And it's like a triangle and you would be you would lean towards one end of the triangle than the other. And the three points is um, uh, Machiavellianism. Do you know what? Um, no, I don't. Nothing to do with Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> Ma- uh, Niccolo Machiavelli was uh, like in, uh, um, oh, what was it called? Renaissance Italy. Um, and he was like a political uh, figure and he ended up, uh, kind of, it's kind of like a puppet master. He'll control and manipulate people to get his way. That's what uh, a Machiavellian means now. So you're more likely to be a bit of a puppet master and play games with people. Um, uh, the other one is psychopath, so mm-hmm. psychopathy. So um, uh, you don't really feel emotions and it's just about what you can get and how you can achieve the thing you want to achieve by any means necessary. And the last one is, um, uh, what, what did you just mention? How's the word gone from my brain? Which word? Um Narcissism. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we now know what narcissism is because you just explained it. It's all about them. Yeah. So, I, sorry, I just thought you'd enjoy that um, in terms of that, that test. It'd be interesting if, if you guys did it to see what kind of points you would get. Oh, okay. You, you do the test and it just kind of gives you a score out of whatever. Ooh, that's, your, that's your homework for the guys, uh, for viewers. That's your yeah. homework today. Yeah, people, dark, put, I'll put the link in the description. Test. The dark triad test. Dark triad test. Yeah. Interesting. Well, let me ask you this: Have you ever had a story where you felt like you were in, truly in the presence of like someone who's incredibly narcissistic? 
Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can, you, that's, that's your day to day life when you work with, with people. You just, they're out there. Yep. They're out there. More, I'm, I'm more behind the scenes with what I do. You know, I'm very face value. I meet people for five minutes and I build that connection with a brand and he, he will. Um, he'll meet people and get more deeper with them. So he's got more stories than that than, than I do, you know. So it's like, like I said, my discernment meter when I meet people, I think everyone's a good person, you know, because uh, with my life, you know, I, I just meet them. I'm like, oh, what's up? Brown knows more about me than anyone else in this, in this <laughs> world. So he knows that I've I've met some crazy dark people, but you know, I still see them at face value. While meanwhile, Brandon, he'll he goes right deep into it. So I know Brandon's. Got <laughs> Have you ever stories. done that where he, he was talking to someone, you sort of pulled him aside, like, hey man, you gotta watch out for that guy. Dude, this <laughs> happened one time that we were camping one time. Uh, Remember that story? Remember that story, Brandon? We were camping. What happened? So, so there's a story. So, uh, um, back in the day, me don't and Brandon. Don't use any names, though. No, I won't use your names. We, yeah. we, we just, the names have been changed yeah, to protect yeah. the innocent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, one time we went camping, and um, we live in Northern Suburbs, up in Yanship. There's. Uh, you got the camping grounds, but it's the worst campground. It's just an oval, mate. You go camping <laughs> on an oval, it's the worst. So we're like, stuff this oval. Let's go real camping. So I had this Nissan Black X Trail four wheel drive at the time. So, I'm like, mate, stuff this camping ground on an oval. Let's go at the X Trail, put our sleeping bags, and let's just go bush. Let's just go on a dirt track, go <laughs> to the bush. So we did that. We got our sleeping bags, got our tents, chucked it in the back of my car. We went bush. We went out in the middle of nowhere, like, like Neves Road. You, this sounds like a horror movie. Oh man, it, it, became, it, became, it became a horror movie. So we went out to Neves Road, took a random detour, went into the bush tracks, you know, into the dirt road where there's no signs, just, you know, rugged <laughs> hill sand. We found this nice little clearance. Oh, sweet, this is a good spot. We decided to build a campfire, set a pinch tents up. And um, one of the guys we were with, he pulled, he pulled his tricks. Oh, he hid my keys. Oh, guys, so I can't find my keys, can't find my keys. And he's like, oh, they're here, dude. I was, oh, sweet, phew. Then an hour later, I was like, guys, the battery in my car is flat. I've left the lights on because I, I put the lights on my car so we, we could see ourselves making a fire and pictures. We're in the middle of the bush, middle of nowhere. There's no lights or anything. So guys, I left the lights on my car so we can see us making a fire and picture content. But my car's now flat. Yeah. So now I was like, this is not a joke, guys. We're actually stranded. We can't, it's literally like a 20K walk back to the main road, back on Neves Road. So as we were chilling going, how we do? we're about to walk back. Somehow these random two guys in there, you came just driving past guys. You guys need a hand there, and it's like, yeah, you guys got to yes, pull us out. I'll just charge my battery, and then Brandon and our mate, they had this weird descent thing. These guys are up to no good, eh? So they actually did pull us out. But what's funny, one of the guys he pulled pulled my car and recharged that battery. I'm having a matter. Going, oh, bro, where are you guys from? But I'm having a matter. And Brandon and our mate, he's trying to pull me aside. Like, bro, be careful, these guys, because one one of one of the guys he goes, be careful, getting too close, mate. You know, I've Got a taser and a, and a knife for me right now. Yeah. And we, I thought it was joking. Like, oh, yeah, he was nice, making nice. jokes about like um, uh, they were out there to uh, find the next target, like pretending that they were like serial killers, and they thought it would be funny. Oh. Um, and uh, uh, I was like, oh no, nah, like that's silly. You're not going to do anything. And the guy pulled out and like showed us the taser. Um, Jesus, you hear like rope in his car and everything, and knives yeah, yeah. and everything. Eh? <laughs> but funny, I was, he he charged the car and pulled us out, got us out. You know what I mean? Which is crazy. But these guys, they were on the run. Yeah. Goes, oh, guys, you want me to give you some cash or blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, 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 we're off the grid right now. We're on the run. I'm like, what? Seriously? Yeah, like, yeah. They're legit on the yeah, run. We gave them a bottle of whiskey and then they ran off and that was it. <laughs> that was our payment. Wow. Yeah, I think it was more like, all right, you've seen me, we've seen you. 
we'll help you out if you don't tell anyone that you just saw us yeah. or our names. And we didn't get their names or anything. It was they, like, they, what did you not ask or did he just not give you the names? No, we. I think these two guys got the impression, but I was oblivious to the situation. I was like, oh, thanks guys. But Brandon and our friend, they were like, bro, let's just get these guys to help us and just get out of here, yeah. get out of this bush, eh? <laughs> did, you, just, did you ever hear anything like after that? No, 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 no. no. Uh, they, they, they disappeared into obscurity, those guys. But it was one of those situations where it was like, all right, it's either let these two guys who are pretty much, you know, probably on the run from Hakia Prison help us <laughs> out or walk to the bush. So we're like, stuff this. Let's just get them to charge our battery and get out of here and, and go. Uh, but these guys, were they look like your typical crims. You know, you could, you could just- Both shaved heads, big beards. Yeah. Aww. And not that anyone out there with a shaved head and big beard. You don't <laughs> think that you're a criminal. Yeah, but like, you know, if, if, <laughs> if you had to like pick this, you know, fit the description, if you were making a movie, these guys would be cast in. Um, so don't judge a book by its cover, but the cover was pretty fucking obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but still be careful. Okay. It's, exactly, you know, like, you know, still read the fine print at the bottom of the book of the cover you just judged. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like, it's kind of like that. Yeah, I, 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 in terms of like the um, standout narcissistic people, I, yeah, I think we all deal with them from time to time. Some of my... Um, I've got to be careful, actually. Um, working in working with like high level business people, yeah, there are plenty of them there. Yeah, well, I mean, I believe that associate. There's, I remember someone was. I remember psychopathy like, is quite normal among correct. executives. Yeah, yeah, and socio psychopath. So sociopaths. Yeah, some of them, they may not know they're sociopaths, but they are some of the most driven human beings on the world because yep. all they give a crap about is themselves yeah. in a way. So there's, I remember someone was telling me about how there's some benefit to, to it. And then there's, it's like a spectrum Yeah, and you have sociopathic tendencies and it doesn't mean they want to kill you and all that, but it means they just don't, some people just don't generally just don't care. Yeah. And then we're trying to have the argue how much of it's actually just genetic or how of it's just oh, because, yeah. you know, dad beat you when you were little or mum left you or, you had I that mean, one ex you thought you were going to be with to work together and then she left, you know? Mm. Uh. Well, okay. So part of me wonders if, if that's all just an excuse to kind of be a cunt. Your, <laughs> well, I, I, either, either a cunt or your real self, right? Maybe those things have always existed and you've been hiding them because you've been told that's not correct. And then all you are is one massive event away from becoming the Joker. Do you actually believe life? that? Oh, okay. Yes. In, in a way. I, but yeah. I, I, I don't subscribe to the whole thing that people are. Um, uh, I think people start either inherently good or as a blank slate. Okay. Which like one could argue a blank slate is good. Because yeah. I think good is the absence of bad mm. in a way. There's more to it. Like to be good, you have to go out of your way to do good. Yeah. But a blank slate in society can be seen as good as well we would call it pure, right? Yeah. Like, oh, there, yeah. you, you walk past people and you just kind of like, maybe it's a little bit of naive, like naivety as well, but you don't think that they're bad. Yeah. Right. Let me tell you a story about, let me tell you an experiment I know about human nature. <laughs> yeah, I, nice. do, I don't know the actual um, name of the experiment or what year is conducted, but I know the premise of it. So here's the experiment. A woman stood still in a room full of others for oh, a total, yeah. you know, this one I'm talking about, 12 yeah. hours. I yeah. think it was something like 12 hours. She stood still. She didn't do anything. They had a whole bunch of objects yeah. right in front of her. And then um, there were things like, you know, like a lipstick marker, yeah. um, a rose, a pen, some makeup. And there was a knife there as well. Yeah. So it started off with people just doing basic things to her just as it's normal, like giving her a hug, 
yeah. encouraging her, saying it's going to be okay. Um, one girl did her makeup to make it look pretty. It was just to pass the time. But then things started taking a really dark turn. Oh, yeah. I've seen this one. Yeah. It's yeah. come back to me now. Yeah. Yeah. What is the name? This Rhythm name? Zero. Um, I think it's like Arena uh, Abramovich or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Ab- Ab- uh. Arena Abramovich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it gets dark, man. It gets yeah. dark because right towards those th- th- like six, seven hours in, I don't know the exact time period, but people started like cutting her and yeah. shit. Yeah. And, and I think that's a, an awesome example of this thing called the permission principle. So we socially, um, like we want to go that step further. So what happened with her is people were slowly doing things like they'd hug and then one person would kind of push and pinch and then like try and like shake her out of it because they were trying to get a response and then it just gets pr- progressively worse from there Yeah, because each person's going off, like they've got permission to go a little step further because everyone else is until you get to the point where I think one guy like ripped her shirt off and like showed her bare chest and another guy like had the knife right next to her throat and yeah it that's fucking dark man yeah i I don't suggest to watch it in a dark room watch it (laughs) yeah watch it on a nice sunny day yeah um yeah but it it got dark because people were just going like one percent more Mm. than everyone else so they had permission from everyone else so like people again the guy who did that maybe was not bad yeah Maybe he was just like, oh, everyone else is doing this. I wonder if I can get a response. Because it became a challenge for everyone. Mm. Um, yeah, I think someone like burnt a cigarette on her. <sighs> yeah, yeah, they burnt a cigarette on her. Yeah. Fuck. That's yeah. just... The fact that human beings can actually think like that is just... Yeah. Some yeah. dog ass shit. Yeah. yeah, man. It's human nature. You can't explain it. Yeah. My, <laughs> one of my personal favorite. I mean, I did like one unit on psychology. Yeah. In in um in university. As we all do. Yeah, <laughs> as we all do. Because <laughs> it's that stuff. When we hear things about like that about experiments, that's the shit we enjoy. But it's the stuff like writing papers. That's what turns everyone the, away the from analytics. It. Yeah, that, oh, yeah, that got people, me. People want to hear. Oh, people want to hear the crazy true stories. You know what I'm saying? You know, especially the chicks. The chicks love those crazy true stories. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Women. I, I honestly believe that. Women tend to have a more interest in psychology than men. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Wonder why that is. I think because they're naturally good at it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, like an an example, my uh, well, women are more empathic. Like, uh, what's his name? You mentioned him before, Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. He has an awesome like full YouTube video on this on the differences between men and women. There's actually a really good book as well called You Just Don't Understand. And it talks about the differences in communication between men and women. Mm. Uh-huh. But it starts at um, our core purpose as men and women. Yeah. Men are about um, uh, competition and standing out. Yeah. We want to be seen as maybe not even necessarily better than, but as as good. Yeah. Uh, women, We're all about status. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Women, it, it's about um, community and contribution. Yeah. The way that you succeed in building community is understanding who you're building community with. Yeah. And so that's where the psychology piece comes in. So um, the women around me, my wife and my sister, Taryn, um, even even my younger sister, um, they're all extremely good at reading people. Holy crap. Mm. But and, and I think part of that's like nature and nurture. The people that we were around when we were younger, we had to figure out who they were. Um, to kind of look after ourselves and protect ourselves. Um, and I think that breeds that you have to be good at 
I, I'd, I'd almost call it street psychology. Yeah. Right? So it's not like the book psychology. It's like on the ground picking up, this person has said this, and then yeah. the action that followed is this. Yeah. So that's a little warning sign for me. And next time they do that, maybe this is their motivation and not the thing that they're saying. Yeah. you got to experience it kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, sometimes you can't learn by a book. You actually yeah. experience it, you know. That's that's what what you're saying to me as well, Brenton, is also one of the reasons I said this on one of my last podcasts, and I said that I never believe that men and women will ever be truly 100 percent equal. I don't think they're meant to be. No, exactly. No, not meant to. No. Yeah, but I, I, I think it's because. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Well, I I don't think the playing ground is equal, and it's not about. I I think that. Um, Instead of equality, uh, oh, I've got to be real careful here, <laughs> mate. It's all good. Trust me, I'm all about that smoke. <laughs> okay. I, I vouch you. I vouch yeah. you, Brandon. Go, uh, go, yeah, go, okay, go, yeah. son. Go, son. I <laughs> think instead of equality in terms of um, um, men get an even playing field among women and women get an even playing field among men, I think it should be each are empowered to um, be fully what they are. Now, there's lots of crossover now with Correct. you know all the non-binary stuff, and that's fine. And whatever is going to happen there will um, that stuff tends to sort itself out. Yeah. Right. Like I don't think I need to have an opinion there. I don't think I need to go in and go, Oh no, this is unfair and whatever else. It seems like the, you know, the Olympic and Commonwealth commission are starting to go actually in terms of fairness of body type athleticism, all that stuff. Yeah. This is where we stand. And so now there's a more complete model of, well, this is what is fair among this instead of gender. It's more about your, athletic output anyway um in terms of uh equality i think if we start putting if we put a woman into a man's field and say you have to do this and that's equal that's not fair yeah because i i don't think the way that people see equality is fair i think fairness is um uh giving that person full permission and capacity to succeed in their lane not putting them in another lane and slowing everyone else down yeah, yeah. Picture that, people. Picture yeah, that. yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I've always been like, I've always just said, look, there are problems that are associated with being a man, and there are problems that are associated with being a woman, and then the male and the female minds and brains are different. Yep. The emotion, like, it's yep. just you expect yeah. it to be one hundred percent equal across the playing field. Yeah. You're never gonna get it. Yeah, I and mean, even, even men and women's bodies. Obviously yeah. different, you Everything. know what I mean? It's gender specific, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, sort of <laughs> steering away from all that. Yep. Oh, damn. <laughs> Gonna get cancelled. No, nah, I mean, that's the other thing I wanted us to talk about. Like, I'm um, yeah. doing this podcast now yeah. over 100, I've got to a point where I'm doing over 140 episodes. Amazing. Someone Ooh, asked me, thank you. Someone actually asked me, do you ever worry about getting cancelled? I'm like, why the fuck should I worry about getting cancelled? Yeah. If I ever got to a point where it was actually that big, I'm like, oh, at least I'm getting more attention to it. And it would be I open up a dialogue for more conversations about it as well. Um, but I honestly believe right now, and there's a few, there's a whole bunch of reasons why we're heading this way. I honestly believe like humanities or the human race is, or just people are just on the rise against cancel culture now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I think a lot of very smart people have come out. Okay. Have you guys seen Andrew Tate? Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. The hot topic. So what he's done, he's so smart. Thank you. He's a very good marketer. He 
has created a persona that is nothing like what he actually would be yeah. like in real person. That's what I think. Yeah. He, what he's done is realized that in this culture right now, the best way to get ahead in terms of marketing is to um, polarize people. So I'm going to say things no. that are going to really upset people and they'll talk about me. And then you, it's the Dan Bilzerians. It's the, I mean, even it's Gary Vee did it, it earlier. Gary Vee, it's the Conor McGregor's, yep. it's the Dave Chappelle's. Yep. It's the Jordan Peterson's. Yep. Jordan Peterson's. Those yeah. people end up, you know, the heights of social world it's because top, they'll say things people don't like. syndrome, exactly. pretty much. Yeah. 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 But there's the opposite thing that happens. You, you deal with enough cuts, you slowly work your way up. Yeah. And then you're, you're too tall to cut. Yeah. And so people will try and cut you, but then there'll be people who like that will defend you. Yeah. yeah. And what you've done is polarize and essentially turn it into a cult following. Yeah. yeah. It's like you can't, it's now they're uncancelable. Yeah. It's like someone like Dave Chappelle. Unless yeah. they cancel themselves. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> for a good, it's like someone like Dave Chappelle. Yeah. You know, obviously got so much against him, but I was like, we should cancel Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle. But the bigger man in the upper room, he will still 100% book Dave Chappelle. Yeah. 100% oh, yeah. any and time of the I th day. I think it's important. Um, those guys. So uh, when Joe Rogan went through the whole like uh, cancel Joe Rogan because he was dropping in bombs and stuff, right? Oh. Yeah. Um, dude didn't miss a beat. He just kept going. Yeah. yeah. And that's what all those guys do. Well, they well, realize well, this is all part of the game. Yeah. And I just keep going. Yeah. He just um. Here's the here's the other thing I was also going to just mention about that as well. Like um. When it comes to people, the thing is with a guy like Joe Rogan because he himself is such an authentic human being and he's done so much good. When situations like that happen, the reason why I was able also to prevail is because when he s was saying the N word and he was talking about, he came out and he just said, you know what? I said it, but the context of yeah. what I said it. Yeah. And then all the black community, like leaders of the black community, like we're talking Dave Chappelle, like yeah. Yeah. Israel Adesanya went and said it about yeah, him at the yeah, press yeah, conference yeah, yeah. and they all defended him. They're not saying I'm defending who, what he did was right. But they defended his character as a person. Yeah. yeah, that was the main thing of Bavel. But one thing I also wanted to bring up because I feel like I keep seeing Andrew Tate everywhere, and <laughs> hey, I, um, that guy. some people aren't happy that I follow him. I'm like, I don't just because I follow him doesn't mean I support him. I like to because I like to keep an open mind to things like that. But like he, people were telling me things he's done. I'm like, okay, well, I won't support that. But one of the things he says that, I, that when he talks about, you've got to understand, you have to ask that person, why do you think this person has got here in the first place? Why do you think people are backing a man like that? Because he is the product of cancer culture. This yep. is what happens when you try to, you know, have a go at people for just the littlest things that wouldn't bother them, that, sorry, that bother you now, that wouldn't bother you 10 years ago. This is the pendulum swinging the other yeah. way. This is yeah. like Trump. This is yep. when we had Obama and now we got Trump yep. and yeah. now Trump's too much and now we got yeah. Biden. 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 Have you heard of like the hermetic principles? No. You kind of, uh, it's just a, a real quick one. Something you just mentioned then was, um, uh, there's this principle which is uh, which we know is uh, like a, a natural law, which is the pendulum swing to the left is equal to the right. So okay. what's happening, the cancel culture, exactly what you said with um, Andrew Tate, there has to be a swing in the opposite direction now. Okay. So that's what we're experiencing, which is someone has come along and said, I'm going to exploit this system, Yeah. swing to the opposite side. And then there'll be someone that comes out and it will be, they'll do the same, the opposite thing, but they'll get the same attention. It's always what happens in society. Yeah, yeah you got to keep edging those guys like guys like Bill Burr. 
Oh, the more he offends people, the more people get offended. He keeps on going. Yeah, like he'll do a stand-up comp show. Did and you watch his last one? So good. He'll he'll do he'll do a stand show <laughs> and someone get offended. He'll egg on that same subject to get more out of it. You know, there's, yeah. people, there's people like that. But they also, it's a character. They build a character, and that's how they got their place because they build a character for people to relate to and, and follow and go to. You know, and um, that's really like if you really want to get big in that social media world and get that civil scene, it's weird. you kind of have to build that character. Yeah. I mean, mm. Brandon notices it. All the times, like the last two podcasts I've done with Joe, I, I spoke in character. I'm natural today, but last two yeah. podcasts I spoke in character. Brandon Second was the only person because he knows me so well to pick up that Jamil's in a character right now <laughs> to build up his um his scene and his following. You know, like, like I said, because you gotta like spice it up. You gotta build it. You gotta get a following. You know, because obviously I've got visions of where I want to go and where I want to take what I'm doing just community because you're building a character and you need people to follow. You need you need to put a picture to what the people want to follow, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's all, all it is. They're, you know, they're like, who's Andrew Tate? They're looking him up. They're, look, they're giving him, like, coverage because they're now painting that picture of why everyone's talking about this guy, you know, because mm, people, yeah. they need a picture in their heads, you know, that's how people work. Because of that now, I'm actually becoming, because of him, I'm actually becoming more observant because I'm actually looking for, okay, we're swinging this way now. Yeah. He's getting all this support. Yeah. He's got all these boys signing up to his Hustlers University, even females as well. Crazy. crazy. And he's got all these guys like changing the way they look like, yeah. okay, but I'm also saying, okay, what's next? What's going to be the result of this now? Like, yeah. what's this next person that's going to come along and just battle along that everyone's going to follow? Have you seen um, a guy called Dan Pena? No, who's oh that? man, <laughs> you've seen him. <laughs> I've seen that. Oh okay, man, so good. Right. you'll love him. Okay, like, he's one of my. He's this old guy, like multi-billionaire, um, and he co he coaches a lot of those guys. So, um, I dare say, that oh, this dude, yeah, yeah. Oh man, you, you, you'll see him on Instagram going, da -da 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 -da. <laughs> tell me what you're doing with your time. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's that guy that you see on Instagram reels all the time. Yeah. Oh, oh, is man. he the guy who says success is like being fucked? No, success is like being pregnant. Everyone says congratulations, but they don't know how many that, times you've been yeah, fucked. That's, 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 that that's, that's the guy. Okay, that's and the he's guy. always he's in a so he's, he's always in a in a two piece suit. Yeah, nice. Oh, nice chair. That, that's three piece. Guy. Three piece suit. Oh, three piece. Now nice. um, he. Yeah, I I dare say, um, uh, old mate Andrew Tate is probably one of his coaches. I honestly believe that as yep. well, yeah. Because yep. a lot of very successful people that you see have come out. Uh, uh, Dan Locke is another one. Yep. That Chinese guy who, um, you know, God bless him, hasn't... I can't understand a word he says without subtitles. That's <laughs> 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 Asian people in general, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Do you know when you're, do you know when you're watching news report and so we've got a witness view and it's like some foreign person, but they still put subtitles on him anyway? Oh, <laughs> it's my like my, 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 my... Um, I hope I don't get in trouble for this. My business partner, um, honestly, one of the most successful people I know, one of the best coaches I know, incredibly intelligent, but I've told him I would like there to be subtitles when he's in the room. <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's an Asian guy. He taught himself English when he came over to Australia. Good for him. He's amazing. Um, but he, and he knows this as well. He, he makes fun of uh, his Chinese culture as well. But... Um, his Chinese background, not his culture. He loves his culture. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, Dan Pena, I think, was kind of like the – even before that, it's interesting you mentioned uh, – I've noticed this pendulum swing, and I wonder what's going to come out of it. I don't think – I think maybe he'll be around for a year, two years, and then he'll fizzle a bit like Dan Bilzerian did. Yeah, yeah. I remember when Bilzerian's still around, but people is, are kind of bored now. But he's, yeah, he's not as big as yeah. He's definitely not yeah. as big as he used to be because, yeah. well, I think he had some financial issues as well. 
because, and this is what normally happens. All those people front, they say, oh, I'm doing all this and look at all these cars and all that stuff. And that's all great. But they're, they're asking for like um, tax investigations. Yeah. And all, all, all of this stuff to come on them. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen. Now they're going to get hit with massive tax bills and what, all these investigations are going to happen about how did you get your money? Is it legitimate? And Andrew Tate's going around saying, no, some of it's not legitimate. What? Yeah. Yeah. So um, he's been, I he mean, probably won't be around for too much longer in terms of the height that he's at now. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe yeah. he we'll see. beats the system. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see. But like, I just think, I mean, i got to give it to him. He's a very, very intelligent person because the way that he's also created the system that he has, yeah. like Huss's University. Yeah. I've actually been on the website. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not in it. I'm not paying money for that, but I'm not, I've been on it, the website, and I've been listening to his podcast about him. And I was just saying, um, he is either one or two things. Either he's created this persona. Yeah. And yeah. he's not really like that. And he's playing a character. Yeah. Or, I mean, this is just one of them, like, this man is like, I mean, but also he's, society doesn't really generally like dangerous men. Mm. But I, I feel like because of society, like if the more competent and more dangerous you become, the more society is going to reach out and try and chop you down and all that. Yeah, but they attract the dangerous men. Well, I, exactly. I was going to say, I would, I would almost say it's the opposite. I, like, yeah, they, I think it, there is a point where you become a threat. Yeah. But we look at um, the Cray brothers, Robin Hood. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ned Kelly, like yeah. all these people who were dangerous, but were serving the good yeah. for some point, And then they actually became criminals and they're yeah, like yeah. oh no we don't like you anymore yeah so but what he's done is created is um this hustles university and i was actually mm -hmm. watching a video on it this morning there's a guy i follow on uh youtube hashtag uh sorry shout out to spencer cornelia mm. he was talking about andrew tate's um hustles university is it a pyramid scheme he said there wasn't enough proof to suggest it but the way that he markets it like um one of the things he gets boys to do this is why he's so famous is that he educates people on social media and yeah. he asks you people if you get something if um he gets people because andrew tate himself is such a yeah oh god it's hard breaks down but because he's such a big personality so many clicking on his views so many people click, click people clicking on his podcast. Yeah. So people create these TikTok accounts and TikTok doesn't care because they know he's polarizing. He'll get you in the algorithm. You're going to get views. So you're going to get money from it. Yeah. So they teach you how to create proper TikTok videos, but they use him as an example. And I think, oh, because he's trending. I want to make money off TikTok. I'm going to chop up his clips. So smart. And that's why yeah. when you go on TikTok, it's just Andrew Tate. Yeah. yeah. So, same with Instagram, with Instagram Reels. That is It goes so in the Instagram and all you see is Andrew Tate. And then you go on, let's say you go on Facebook or you go on Instagram stories. It may not be his videos, but people are now putting articles about Andrew Tate. You exactly. Know, so he puts the name out there. You know, so. And that's the thing. When you see people like some of the stuff like you have been seeing people sharing as well, stories of background about him. And I'm like, oh, they think cancel him, cancel him. I'm like, wait, hold on a minute. Because if you're saying cancel him, you're giving him more attention as well. So you're yeah. feeding the beast. Well, that's exactly what happened with Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah. yeah. He really pissed off the feminists. Yeah. And that was awesome for him. Mm. Yeah. Now it is. Back then it wasn't. Like he lost his job and all this stuff because of it. But his book sold faster than any other book at the time. Yeah. Um, it opened the door for his second book. Um, Have you read it? His uh, um, the second one. I'm trying to remember what it's called. Uh, it's Beyond like Beyond Chaos. Yeah, another right. twelve rules of life. I've read it. It's pretty I have, good. Yeah, I've uh, listened to it on audio. Um, 
I struggle to like read things like that. Like as in read it on paper. I can listen to it and it yeah. all clicks. I 100% agree with you on that one. Yeah. 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 Do, do you feel the same? Yeah, I'm a bit, I hate reading. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> terrible at reading. But like, so like I said, like listen to podcast videos. I will literally be at home on YouTube just watching videos two hours a day. So I'm of a mm. listener. But I think I figured out who the, sorry. <laughs> I just, just came, uh, I, I think I figured out who the original polarizer was. Ty Lopez. Really? Well, who was before him? What year did Ty Lopez usually come around? 2006, dude. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that was yeah, that, that was the start of the YouTube internet age around 2005, 2006. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. The peak of YouTube. That was, yeah, maybe. Okay, because Ty Lopez, but what was he doing that was so polarizing? I just thought he was just trying to sell like a book a day type of go. It was like, I'm in the garage with my Lamborghini. All oh, my books. But Brandon's viewers can't see this right now, but Brandon's on his phone looking at it right now. It, so yeah. Joe, turn, every time Brandon's phone, Brandon's not paying. Does not look like he's paying attention. He's he's looking for new sources. As we <laughs> yeah. through. that's but what Brandon's been doing this whole but time. But uh, let me ask you, like, why do we believe that Ty Lopez was the first though? What was so polarizing about him? Uh, so the way he okay, smart, very smart. Uh, anyone else who was trying to sell some sort of program or whatever. Would have done it in this cool penthouse or whatever. Instead, he went to his garage with his books and Lamborghinis. And he made it look really off the cuff as though he hadn't planned it. Mm. That guy scripted that entire thing out mm. months in advance. He does it and then everyone is like, oh, this is really cool. He got millions of views really early on. Mm. The reason I think he's a polarizer is because straight after he started – like there were the trolls and he started fighting against the trolls. Uh, so he creates this polarization, which is, I think more than anything, it was more like the capitalism versus the, what's the opposite of capitalism? Socialism? Communism? Socialism? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Um, where people didn't like that he was doing that and he, it seemed like he was just kind of showing off. And all that was, was, hey, I'm in my garage and join my, like, just like you said, he was just marketing. But, um, it was what he was selling, um, which was get rich quick uh, that people didn't like. Interesting. Yeah. Now, if you look at him, dude is a savage. Mm. He'll he'll like screenshot people and like name and shame them on his accounts. Really? Yeah, I love yeah. watching him. He's I so didn't. Funny, I didn't man. know that. He's like he's, he's basically the Gordon Ryan of his world. Yeah, yeah, basically. yeah. He's gone hard. Yeah, but what? Here's the thing, though. Was the product that he was selling was it legitimate? Well, I don't know. Like, uh, I think all of that stuff, uh, that opens a bigger question, okay. which is like all those online courses, do they actually work? Yeah, that's I, the main thing. I think it? some people I'm it works, but I think, and this is what I've realized because um, I recently bought one. Um, it is working for me, but because I'm at a level for it to work. Whereas oh. what they sell is you could be at complete ground zero no experience, no skills. A perfect one is like a consulting course. Um, if you buy this consulting course, um, it will help you be a consultant. But you've got to have some knowledge on how to consult. You've got to have some some value it's, to it's give. It's exactly the same as if a regular Joe were to do a PT course, Joe. Yeah. Then how when you go start studying PT, there's 20 people in the classroom. How many people of those 20 people will actually become successful PTs? thing you know what I mean? yeah okay you know, yeah, sort of thing. okay yeah. where you're going with that yeah. i actually learned something about this so 
on that same video with Spencer Cornelia, he was talking about it's about zero to 10, okay? So a guru of what they're selling, the product of what they're selling itself can only get you to about level four. Yeah. From four towards 10, that is entirely up to your own journey. And that comes down to three things, your willingness to learn, your discipline, and your ability to triumph through adversity. So yeah, if even if the thing is they're selling you as the absolute dog's bollocks, it can still only get you to a four max and everything yep. else is entirely up to you. Yep. So I feel like it comes down to also the person who's willing to learn it and it, the self, of course, the self that is going to be there. Yeah, yeah. and... and uh, <laughs> It's interesting because I do some of this stuff as well, right? So like we sell coaching courses, but it's career coaching. So the whole idea is there is a, and I'm not trying to sell it on here, by the way. Don't go to my site yet. It's not ready. It's in the link in the description. <laughs> yeah, we'll, no, we'll um, plug it in later. Um, <laughs> uh, it's career coaching. So it's for people who um, have uh, at a point in their career where they want to make a change. Uh. It's not necessarily for people early in their career because people early in their career... Um, they don't really care. Yeah. It's the difference between um, people who need help and people who want help. People who need help often don't want it, and so they don't get it. People who want help want it. They'll pay for it, and they get it. Oh, they usually become pretty successful. Yeah, yeah. yeah and usually become successful and they're because the, and they're the usually ones that get to the top. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Because they're willing. I mean, if 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 you want to get successful, and you see a course, and like you said, that one to four. That uh, the thing they don't mention is that's the hardest part of the journey. Really? Yeah. So one actually, to uh, four. I, I I wholeheartedly agree that if if you get up off the ground and you're getting a small bit of result, that's enough momentum to keep you going through uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Because mm. you've proved to yourself that I can do it, and they've given you somewhat of a system to replicate it. Once you get to four, you realize okay, this part of the course works, and the rest doesn't. So I'm going to do the stuff that works. And I'm going to add bits through five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, that will help me continue on the journey. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, the thing with courses is um, the work for you, work with you. So, um, work for you is uh, you pay me money and I'll get the result for you. Work with you is you pay me money, I'll coach you through it. Mm. Um, and then do it yourself is do it yourself. I'll give you all of this stuff and then you just go and you do it. So the do it yourself stuff is for people who are already self-motivated and can do it. The people who are not self-motivated, um, they often need a coach. So someone that will keep them much like a PT. Yeah. Them accountable. Yep. Yeah. Um, but once you, and I don't know if you guys do it in courses or whatever, but if you do like a six, seven week boot camp, you'll quickly see the people who are self-motivated enough to come every single day they're more likely to continue on the journey by themselves. Mm. Whereas if people need you to call them and say, get the hell out of bed, come on, man, like, yeah. come to class, they're not going to succeed without you unless you build that discipline in with them. And that's what a coach typically does yeah. is keeps them accountable so that they can borrow your discipline until they find their own. Mm -hmm. And then they can go from five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's basic mentorship. Yeah. You know, like a mentor is supposed to be like be the inline of those one to four steps, but eventually that mentor's meant to you know, release them into now their field. And they still catch up with them every now and then. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like for instance, if I were to mentor, if me and Brandon were to mentor someone in our field, we'll probably stick with them for a good solid year. Around like you know the fifth week year, we've probably known them. We'll probably only see them maybe like once a year because yeah. we've already 
you know, mentor them enough for them. Now they've got their own reign to take over and now they get their own chance to mentor the people they, you know, want to mentor. Because that, that, that's what people get confused. People think you're supposed to mentor someone for the rest of their lives. You, you, you do, but the frequency of you do it changes in a period of time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's like a jiu-jitsu, you know, mm-hmm. for listeners out there, you know, for my role as a black belt, I, I can coach you from white to blue, but by the time you get to purple to brown, I can still coach you, but I won't be as that much as involved in your journey compared to when I was with you when you were a white to blue belt. Yeah. That's a really simple way to put it of what Brand's trying to say. Oh. Yeah. yeah, purple belts typically will start going to other gyms and get different yeah, disciplines. They, they start working their own style, their own Start moves. doing judo and valetudo and yeah, trying to find their own belts level. Already yep. try, and, and I'll coach you more regularly. You know? yep. Like I said, I will coach you exclusively from white to blue. And that's where I give you the most attention. But the time you get to purple, yeah. I already know that you've got the, the tools you need to do what you, it is that you want to do. But then you get to brown and black, mm-hmm. I, I can now turn my back away and walk in the other yeah. direction. You're like, all right, you're good. You're mm-hmm. good. But if you need anything, you know, get, let me know. I think a mean? blue two stripe, three stripe would be the equivalent of that level four that you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. They've got at least an idea now yeah. of how to do it. And so then they just need to replicate that, which is show up to class, ask the questions, do the YouTube video thing. Like yeah. you're, it, you explore by yourself and you slowly figure it out over time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fuck. Brand's like the unpack it and brand is the mind. I'm just I just unpack it for regular. <laughs> you know. Man of the vapes. Hitting yeah. <laughs> the vapes. Ever seen, do you know Carl Pinkleton? Who? Oh. Have you heard of Carl Pinkleton, Idiot Abroad? Well you know, everyone knows Ricky Gervais, right? Ricky Gervais, oh, yeah, super yeah, course, famous yeah. guy, super famous comedian. But you know, he's already famous, he's already up there. But he goes, I've got a mate of mine, his name is Carl Pinkleton. This is my gift to the world. Because <laughs> he is so hilarious. He's just a gem. He's my gift. Well, Brandon Seckham is my Carl Pinkleton. <laughs> he's not an idiot broad, but he's a genius. He is my gift Thanks, to you, man. Joe Turner, to the viewers out there, to the world. Because everyone knows who I am, but I wanted to show the world this man right here on my left, Brandon Seckham. To this unpackage. is my agent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, is the whole, this is the whole reasoning behind this podcast, Joe. <laughs> when Brandon came on to you, I said, after our second podcast, I like, Joe Turner, you need to get this guy brand second. Yeah, here. you did, you did. And you this did. third podcast proves why you needed this man on board. He is my Carl Pinkleton. He is, <laughs> he is my trump card to show the world. <laughs> this is what the world's been. He's like that, um, that you know, in Yu-Gi-Oh, that card you activate when you're about to lose. Like you just activated <laughs> yeah. my trap card. That's you what it's like. You don't know. The people I, I've come through through this man right here, Brad, in second. So this is my gift to you, Joe. Brad, <laughs> blue eyes, white dragon. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a genius. Alrighty, guys. They, uh, I think that's about wrapping yeah. things up, man. <laughs> uh, boys, thank you very I, much. I, I was feeling that's why. I, that's why I said that. This is my yeah. gift to you. To oh, cool. All yeah, right, thanks. guys. Thanks for having us. We appreciate yeah. it. We appreciate. It. Come uh, talk to us anytime. And um, then, um, yeah, I really need to pee right now. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> All right, in. guys. Thank you very much for listening to the last set podcast, and that is game.